Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, which should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to episode 263 of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Paget disease of the breast is a rare type of cancer of the nipple and the area around it. Most people with Paget disease of the breast also have one or more tumors inside the same breast. According to the National Cancer Institute, Paget disease of the breast occurs in both women and men, but most cases occur in women. Approximately 1-4% to of all cases of breast cancer also involve Paget disease of the breast. The average age at diagnosis is 57 years, but the disease has been found in adolescents and in people in their late 80s. Our guest today had Paget disease and doctors wanted to cut off her breasts, but she had other ideas. Joining us from Texas is Kathy Johnson. Kathy, it's good to talk to you. Thanks very much. Appreciate this. Well, it's good to talk to y'all, too. Kathy, take us through the period when you notice something may be seriously wrong with you. Well, actually, I was on, excuse me, I was on a line and I was, I just ran across somebody that had Paget's disease of the nipple. So, So I went, oh my God, that looks like my nipple because it'd been itching and it was kind of flattened out and reddish, you know, so I'd been like doctoring it with different things. And so Im- immediately I thought I had, I had it. So I made an appointment and with an oncologist and well, I thought he was, I didn't know he was an oncologist, but anyways, so I, I went to him and had a, a biopsy done. And of course it came back. Uh, well, they, it took them like four days and they called me in and it came back positive and that, you know, that I had another one under it. You know, he felt around on it and everything. <clears throat> and so that day, when I walked in, they threw that on me, you know. You have pagistas, you have cancer, and you have two different cancers at the same time. And we've got chemo scheduled, radiation scheduled. Uh, first thing we're going to do is cut both of them off. And I'm like, well, why? Both. If one's good. Yeah, both. Wow. And so anyways, they had already scheduled me to start uh, chemo, too. Uh, so, I don't know. It was such a crazy time. It was like I was walking in a fog. So, without even checking with you, they had gone ahead and booked chemo for you? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. They had, That's the way they do where I'm from. You know, they, I mean, it's a customer care center. Yeah. You know, it's no different. I don't think it's any different anywhere else, uh, Kathy, no. because I was talking to a woman who had, who had uh, cancer. And she said, you know, when you're told you have cancer, and Corey will know this better than, better than I, when, you, when you're told you have cancer, you're in really a state of shock. And, totally. And she said, you're in a state of shock for about two weeks. And that's why they try and rush you in as quickly as they can, because they know you're in a state of shock. They know you're susceptible to what they're going to say. And, you know, most people, and I don't blame them for this, um, throw their health towards their doctor and say, help me. 
Yes, they do. Yeah, because well, it's, it's like you've been hit What was that, Corey? I had a very reason. I was just saying it was like, I, it's like you've been hit by a truck. You don't even know what's happened. And yes. you're, you're yes. just stunned and you're in a place of fear and you're not thinking clearly. Yes, but my, my, my late husband in 2010 died from uh, 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 bone cancer, multiple myeloma. And I mean, he did not die from bone cancer. He died from chemotherapy. You know, he was 185 pound, you know, had black belt in three different, you know, <laughs> ran five miles every day. <clears throat> and they killed him with chemo. And I swore that then I would never do that. But a month, before, no, a couple of months before I got, you know, told I had breast cancer, a friend of mine was dying. She had bad liver, all kinds of, she was dying. And she kept, she kept telling me, she'd call me. We only talked by phone. She kept telling me, I need, I need cannabis oil. I need cannabis oil. So finally, I, I finally got a hold of this guy who people made fun of in Colorado. And I sent some money to him and he sent me a, some paste, some cannabis oil. Well, it was a cannabis paste. And, uh, so uh, her husband came over and got it that night. And she was delirious, talking out of her head. And we we didn't think she was going to make it through that night. Well, lo and behold, the next day she was like a lot better, 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 better. And, you know, she's still going strong. In fact, she moved to New Mexico and grows her own now. She's totally, total recovery. So I knew just from having her, you know, I think it was probably about six months before I, heard, I knew I was going to do cannabis oil if I ever got cancer. So that's what I did. I did just you, I just wouldn't answer the phone when they called. You know, I just like dropped off the face of the map. You know, they couldn't did find you tell me. Your doctor, did you tell your doctor that you were going to do cannabis oil? No, not till I got like eight months of it down me, up right. me, I so should say. When you're, when you're in that office and he's telling you we've got A, B, and C booked for you, what did you tell him then? Tell him, okay, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't show up. And you missed the, you missed the party. <laughs> yeah, I knew I wasn't going to be there. There was no way I was going to do that. No way. So you way. decided you were going to do oil. Um, did you make your own? And, and how did you go about this? Like, no, you know, actually, Ronnie Smith. Bless his heart, may rest in peace. He he got me started. Okay, so Ian, you you may not know this, but Ronnie Smith, this would be back when I back when I was first getting involved with this. Ronnie Smith was a very well known oil maker in the states that mm -hmm. uh, sent oil yeah. to people. Yes, and I knew who you were too. What's that? You who you were too. I'd heard your your story too. Ah, okay. So you got you got oil from Ronnie, and yeah. and and what started? Did you start out? You know the typical protocol of doing the half a grain of rice size, or, or what? I tried to do that, but I was so scared. And then I got to reading up on the suppositories, how much more viable it is, and everything. And I started doing a doing that, making the suppositories myself. So and did you just do? Were, were you just doing suppositories then, or did you do uh, yeah. oral dose as well? I quit. I did oral for like maybe a, a month or two, but you know, it got me too high. I, I never could adjust to it. So I oh. just really, I, honestly, I really think I just did mostly suppositories. 
Did you do yeah. any to- did you do any topical application, Kathy? No, I tried to, but it burned. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, you're probably aware, Kathy, and I think maybe and you know this, that there's always, always, always this big fight going on in the cannabis groups about whether or not suppositories work, et cetera. And um, because, you know, tests show that it's, you know, doesn't, doesn't absorb and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I was at, uh, when I spoke in Canafest uh, in Prague this year, um, and I was on the panel with Dr. Malamede and crew, uh, he was saying, you know, we don't know why, because s- supposedly it doesn't work this way because it shows it's not absorbed or whatever, the studies, et cetera. But it's the most effective way. And I see this over and over again. I've, you know, 95% of the people I help do a protocol of suppositories morning and afternoon oral dosing at night. And for some listeners who may not know, with suppositories, the chances of you getting high, there's not very many people that get high that way, so you can live your life. So, I mean, Kathy's story is great because it it isn't a matter of, oh, she, you know, she did other methods as well, so maybe it was the oral dose. It's sounding to me like it was predominantly suppositories, and here you are. Yes, and also on the suppositories, I, I was adding like five drops of uh, apricot nut, apricot seed nut oil or apricot nut oh, seed. Apricot kernels. Because that's the most absorbent oil I could find. And, wow. you know, since there is, because, you know, it, it is dry down there. <clears throat> you yeah. know, I'm sure it is hard to absorb. So I, I put that in there just to make it where it would absorb better. Because well, otherwise, if you take a I poop, wonder- it all comes out, you know, then you've lost that money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I wonder, too, if, uh, uh, so apricot kernels, that's B17, which is supposed to in itself be a cancer fighter. So that's an interesting combination you did there know that so kathy yeah tell me about uh going back to the uh oncologist or did you go back to the oncologist i did i waited like eight months till i waited until my nipple turned normal again okay and what did he or she say well they did uh, they i wouldn't let them do a a mammography and Mm -hmm. so i told them i would thermal imaging even though i had to pay for it myself and uh then i also did uh, ultrasounds and they all they both came back clear and this little little doctor he was the sweetest little indian man and in front of his nurse there i was sitting on the end of the table in front of his nurse when he said what did you do and i told him i did cannabis oil and he called me a fucking idiot you fucking idiot. That's what he said to me. Oh, my God. Ran and slammed the door. And me and his nurse just looked at each other. And I said, well, what do you think about that? And she said, I think we ought to uh, get well any way we can. And then wow. when I got out there to pay, I mean, not pay, but, you know, check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had scheduled me for a for surgery. So I thought, OK, I'm going to I'm going to play this. Because I was pissed. <laughs> so I went to see the surgeon. It was a female surgeon. I went to see her. And she read my paperwork. And she said, well, exactly why are you here? And I was like, I have no idea why I'm here. Because he scheduled you me to see you. And she said, well, I don't have anything for you. Good luck to you. 
you know, totally different. See, oh, wow. apparently she didn't want her boobs, you know, chopped off either. Well, that is really a remarkable comment from that doctor. I mean, that's actually, you know, thinking about it, listening to you talk about it, is really a disgusting attitude to have towards a patient. It really is. Yeah, now, I mean, I have one now that I don't like, you know, but that's because I don't. <laughs> he tries to be nice, but I'm still not liking him. <laughs> but he's part of call. I don't even, I don't even, you know, I, I tell him, no, I don't do that. You know, nobody's going to do this to me or that. You know, I'm just here because I have to be just for this one thing. You know, you know it's, it's too bad that that doctor uh, hadn't been i don't know more excited for you would have been nice like exactly do what did you do do this this is amazing you know um i I, I still can't believe it the i mean my jaw must have dropped and hers did too we can we could not believe a little bitty man like that could (laughs) scream at you know oh it was unreal but well, just showing, you know, I was a customer, not not a patient. Well, that's a very good, that's an excellent comment, Kathy. You are a customer with a lot of these uh, allopathic medicine folk, and yeah. uh, you're not a patient. We've talked to people, uh, Corey and I have talked to a number of people who whose oncologist initially was very opposed to cannabis, but when the patient came back and they were clear, the oncologist was very happy for them. And said, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. And, uh, you know, some of them don't want to hear what you've done because it goes against everything they've been taught in medical school. And and Mm. they also, uh, I think, are responsible for um, promoting the allopathic conventional medicine treatments. And But those who are really compassionate, those doctors who are compassionate, are compassionate for their patients. They want their patients to get well, regardless of what they do. And I think you're an excellent example of that. Uh, I actually had a doctor that took me out to eat lunch just to talk about cannabis oil. Oh, tell us about that. Well, he was my doctor, you know, just my regular GP doctor. And, uh, you know, it's never been a secret that I was a smoker. So, anyways, when the breast cancer thing, I, I, I'm like five hours away from him. But when the breast cancer thing uh, happened, I didn't even go to him. I went to, you know, I was in a big city instead of in the country. He's my country doctor. And so, anyways, when I uh, went back to get, I take Xanax, right? I used to take Xanax. And when I'd go, I'd go like once a year to him just to get my refills. And so I went to him and I told him my deal. I took my, uh, I had, you know, papers that said I was clear and all that. And he was very interested in it. And he was like, what are you doing for lunch today? And so anyways, he just wanted to talk about it. He was a, he actually had changed into a pain management doctor and it was fixing to move to Houston. So that was the last time I saw him, but he was very interested in cannabis and he was young, you know, he had his hair a little bit too long. You know, he was probably in his early 40s, so he was open to it, unlike the other doctor. 
Yeah, to the younger yeah. ones who have more of an open mind than the uh, than the baby boomers, those old farts who uh, are have been conditioned to believe that cannabis is bad for you, and and uh, I think it's I think your story is fascinating because there's so many women out there who suffer from breast issues, and I believe given talking to Corey and given the interviews we've done over the last uh, number of years, I guess, Corey, that that people want to be healthy and cannabis will make them healthy. And Kathy, have you helped other people with with various issues? Many people is unreal. Good for you. You've helped a lot of people. Let's see. I'm trying to think if I've done any breast cancer, but I've helped people with lung cancer, quite a few people with lung cancer. You know, it's like a, and CBD oil and stuff with, for uh, like uh, seizures, uh, 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 MS, stuff like that. Yeah. Kath, yourself, when you were taking oil, were you taking it three times a day? No, I just took it morning and night. A half a gram in the morning when I got up, my half a gram at night when I went to bed. Did you change your diet at all? Because I I was a Coke-aholic, man. I might drink six Cokes a day. So, yeah. Yeah, that stuff's bad for you. I know. Everything's bad for you. (laughs) You had six Cokes a day. How How many do you have now? One. I mean, I can't just stop. I, I gave up cottage cheese because it's got too much salt in it, so I just can't give up my Coke. One Coke's not going to kill me. And I still, you know, I still, you know, I make my own now. And I, I still, you know, do a little every week, just keep the dragon away. Yeah, I, I, I myself always suggest to people every day, maintenance dose every day, every night, whatever. Well, how much do you think for a maintenance dose? Well, you know, Rick Simpson, back in the day, he said a gram a month. I, oh. I like to err on the side of caution myself. So I suggest to people two to three grams a month, depending on their tolerance, too. But generally, by the time somebody's gone through a uh, oil protocol with cancer, they've got a pretty good tolerance. So, um, yeah. and they just we take it, you know. I rub it on my gums now, just, you know. Right. Now, but, when you when you do oil, do you do multi-strains or just one? Well, I, I grow like four different strains right yeah. now. Yeah, so, good. good. Yeah. I just, just skip around. I don't even really know what's in what. You know, I'll <laughs> use one for a couple of and change to another one, change to another one. Yeah, I think that's good. Um what was I going to say to you, Kathy? Um, oh, yeah. How So how long has it been now since you've been cancer-free? Uh, 2014. I guess it was, it, it might have been uh, the first part of 2015. Because it yeah. happened in February when I found out I had it. And then I didn't go back for eight months. So, you know. It, I, I mean, I could, my nipples looked pretty good, you know, and three months truthfully but i was scared you know i was scared to go back to the doctor because oh, I, I totally i totally get it that's that's what i did i waited an entire year 
Yeah. I mean, I don't even know why I went back. I just went back to see if I was clear, you know. Right. Oh, I didn't go for you because I didn't want any more bad news. (laughs) Yeah. Corey, I think everyone we've talked to who goes back uh, is fearful, even though they've been clear for a number of years, but they go back on a regular basis. They're still fearful. Yeah, you're always worried whether it's going to rear its ugly head again. Yeah. I think I'm my best doctor because who knows my body better than me? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. You are quite right. Well, maybe your ex-husband. He your, did. Your late husband. That's the, that's the Ian's way of being ha-ha. <laughs> or what, I'm sure what you, that part of it. <laughs> <laughs> what you can do, Kathy, is do the Corey Yellen protocol, which is two to three grams uh, a month, plus uh, a glass of wine occasionally. Yeah, that yeah. sounds nice. And that, yeah, way that, you, that way you can Never give up Coke. Early. What was that? Oh, that's... It's never too early for a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> You've been talking to Corey too I much. It tastes like Coke. You know, I did give up Coke there for a while. And when it was just like, you know, giving up smoking a cigarette. It, first time I drank one, it made me sick. You know, no, I gave you- up eating a lot of red meat, though. And the last time I ate a steak, it, it was so rich, it made me sick. Because I, you know, I ate the whole thing. no kathy do you still smoke no oh i smoke weed weed yeah cannabis yeah yeah but did you ever smoke cigarettes i did smoke cigarettes but it's been quite a while quite a while i'm glad i don't anymore yeah i don't even know how i afforded to smoke to start with no well because they were a lot cheaper years ago Yes, they were. I remember my mom used to send me to get hers for a quarter of a pack. <laughs> oh, God, I remember that. Am I as old as your mom? I'm 68. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not as old as your mom. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's fascinating that uh, you've uh, come through this. And uh, I think it's... I mean, I'm always amazed at how people are so vigilant with their own health issues. And other people just give up their health to their doctor, whereas... It's like they just collapse into somebody that doesn't even know their self. That's right. You know? Yeah. The go- doctors are not gods. We are the gods. People, people out there helping other people get well without killing them. And, you know, chemo, all it does is make it come back mm-hmm. stronger. You know, I, I mean, very rarely do I meet anybody who didn't have cancer three or four times after doing chemo or who's dead. Yeah, Corey, I mean, I'm sure you've dealt with a lot of people who have said that uh, a relative of theirs has had cancer and the cancer didn't kill them. It was the chemo that killed them. It may not have killed them. May not have killed them right away, but down the road, it has some very serious side effects. I hear that on a almost daily basis. Yeah, yeah. I'll never say my husband died from uh, uh, multiple myeloma. He died from chemotherapy. Yeah, and he suffered. If 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 I mean, I would rather just die naturally of cancer. 
you know, my grandmother actually, she, she got diagnosed with cancer when she was 75 and she never had any treatment. Well, I say that, but she never had any treatment, but uh, she lived to be 92 and, uh, you know, she died of a stroke. But truth be known, her and my great-great-grandmother, they lived side by side. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was a kid, they always had victory gardens. I'm, you know, I mean, I've, I actually have gotten high with my grandmother before, you know, and late, I mean, I never even went and looked in her garden again. But I think she treated herself. You got high with her. Yes, I did. We were sitting on the front porch one day, and she she asked me if I. She oh, we were talking about weed, and she said, "Well, you know, I'd like to smoke some of that." And I was like, "Really?" And she said, "Yeah, I would." And I, I said, "Well, I'll be back in a minute." I went and got one and came back, and we sit there and smoked it, and you know. It was great. <laughs> I probably I smoked half of it with her and left the rest. You know, but yeah. Well, in your great grandmother's in your great grandmother's day, uh, weed was legal. Yes, it was. Well, yeah, but it, early on, I mean, it, in the fifties, it wasn't. And I oh, remember I they had they their yard didn't have anything any thing but dirt and poppies growing in it and i remember being over there one day and the the sheriff's department came over there and they pulled up every poppy in her yard every poppy so i think they were doing even more than that (laughs) 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 my great great grandmother she was 102 when she died and then my great great my great grandmother uh she was 99 when she died so and then the, my great, just my grandmother, she was 94 when she died. So, and she had breast cancer when she was 75, from, from 75 to 94. That's 20 years. She had you breast know. cancer without any treatment for that. Without treatment, of- yeah. She said she, she was too old to have treatment. She didn't want to have treatment. She just lived the rest of her life. She was never in pain, you know. Well, it's a lot of years left in you, Kathy. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> How it's, difficult it's is got, it for for a person to obtain cannabis in Texas? Well, I don't know since I I have my own little grow room. I have it's hard. I got in an argument on a radio station with our sheriff, and uh, I told him he he sounded like an idiot, and that he needed to because he was really redneck. You know, it, he needed to. Uh, to uh, do some research and he said well i'm not gonna research it on no computer and i'm like well then what are you gonna research it on (laughs) you know you idiot luckily he died so but oh dear he died and i moved you know yeah but yeah it's 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 like not that hard back in the day but it's expensive it's like you know $200 $200 for an ounce in, in Texas. Everywhere else, it's a lot cheaper. $200 an ounce. What, yeah. is, what is it here, uh, Corey? Um, $180 to $200, depending. Yeah. 
See, I'm, I'm actually, I've, I've got a map that's a, it's a bit old now, but I've got a map of the states and how much an ounce costs in each state. And uh, some of the places are, are higher. Some were like 380. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. When you could just buy the seeds and plant, you know, auto flowering and not even have to worry about it. I spent like $1,500 on the best light money can buy. It it cost me $30 a month. I can grow nine plants at one time. I can do that every four months. Nice. So, you know, I, I, I give it to my daughter, my granddaughter, my son-in-law, and me, <laughs> and then have lots left for everything else, you know, people <laughs> in need. I like, I like that. Uh, I like that meme that uh, I saw on Facebook, where the police are breaking into this, breaking down this door, and say, "You're not in. You're not in there, uh, relaxing with this plant, are you?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. It's uh, we live in very um, interesting times. As the it's crazy. You know, they're just right across the border, all the way around us is legal. You know, Texas will be the last place. Why is that? Because of the rednecks and the Southern Baptists. In uh-huh. fact, the the day that I found out, I you know, I went to the oncologist and found out, you know, anyways, my mother-in-law was a strict, bad, but she was a, a Sunday school teacher for 32 years. So I went over to her house. And everybody from church was there, you know, to pray about it. Well, they prayed about my husband for like, you know, two years till he died. And so they were all there. The preachers were all there. This is a big, you know, expensive church, the best church. So anyways, I went in there and the first thing that fell out of my mouth was I threw my hands up and I said, I'm not going to do chemotherapy. I'm doing cannabis oil. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, that was yeah. <laughs> but actually my mother-in-law she gave me my first uh you know money to uh to buy it with two thousand bucks well yeah. kathy you're a shit deserver i like that i am i am one of those <laughs> <laughs> i like that a lot Kathy, it was great. Well, to, it was it was wonderful to talk to you. Uh, is there anything you want to say in conclusion? Just don't give up on yourself. You are your best hope for curing your cancer. Not a doctor. You know, try cannabis oil first and chemo late, if at all. Very well it's said. Here. Yeah, well said, Kath. Thank you. Kathy, good to talk to you. Thanks. Appreciate you doing this. It's a wonderful, oh, wonderful to chat. Wonderful to meet you. Yeah, I loved it. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much, Kathy. Thank you, too. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. And as you probably heard, Corey Yelland is uh, at home doing this. She's high risk for the uh, 
the virus that's going around. And uh, so we did it on three-way call, and uh, we'll continue doing that until things return to normal. And we encourage you to share our podcasts on your social media platforms, and uh, we'd like to get the message out as much as we can, increase the audience, and increase the knowledge of the use of cannabis for uh, health purposes. And uh, we are not medical doctors, but we want to share this information, and we'd like your help in sharing it. And if you'd like to donate to Cannabis Health Radio, feel free uh, You can donate on our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, or you can go on Patreon, and for the price of a cup of coffee a month, you can donate $5, and uh, it would greatly help us out. Once again, we'd like to thank Ron Zarr for producing the program, and also to Mark Viel in Belgium, who posts our podcasts on YouTube. And we thank you very much for listening. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season 1 of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at DopeHistory.com.